You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has opened its doors for another day, so it's time for the opening with Nick Kunza from Sunland Private Wealth. And yesterday I had a bit of a funny feel. I remember us distinctly talking just after five o'clock, and I said Nasdaq's just gone negative, having been up just over one percent during the day. I was talking about the futures, and you mentioned that your very fancy screen system pings you or alerts you when a market mm. goes negative or goes positive, and you said it had done it seven times. So it was very choppy, and I sort of had the feeling that the choppiness was a was a precursor to something a little bit unpleasant. And we did. We yes. had the S&P and the NASDAQ down one and two-thirds percent, the Dow Jones down about one and a half percent. What precipitated that fall? Yeah, spot on. That's exactly right. It was that almost like that prelude, you know, that little bit of a noise before the storm. So that's exactly what happened. And, and we sold quite aggressively in the last hour on the, on the sort of U.S. markets last night. So, so the reason for it, difficult to put a sort of a exact sort of uh, – reason behind it but i think more than likely i mean we've run up quite hard on the back of uh, stimulus hopes i mean that's i put that in inverted commas because that's almost every single headline weeks yeah. markets rise in stimulus hopes well yesterday we got the sort of i guess the realization that getting in any sort of uh COVID relief uh, bailout package 1.9 trillion whatever the numbers been flying around is highly unlikely before election day and the third and, and, and in fact uh, Nancy Pelosi and her I think also the I think one of her main sort of um, top aides uh, from California also tweeting as well saying they basically need to get this agreement through before the end of Tuesday i.e. today US time mm. and I think it's highly unlikely that's going to happen so there's a little bit of toing and froing and a bit of commentary from the financial press saying, well, maybe a, a package after elections is not so bad, but it must be put in context that we rode, we rode up quite strong on the back of this package and it's not going to come. So that was a realization. And then also, you know, I think heading into earnings season as well, we're sort of week number two. Um, and just the marks, so the stocks numbers that have been coming out, the sort of banking shares have been selling off after their earnings. So just was, I think, that if you want to put a direct thing, a, a bit of that and I think a bit of realisation that uh, going into the elections on November the 3rd is unlikely to get any sort of bailout package coming. Good. So it's almost like the US-China trade wars. One day they're on, one day they're off. So now mm. we're using, the markets are using the stimulus package story it's almost as though the election has become uh, just a, a little sideshow we'll come to that with david shapiro this evening on the five o'clock shadow mm. dollar rand is um 1653 it was 1646 last time we spoke the british pound against the rand is 2140 and the euro rand is 1946 with the euro dollar 11780 slightly weaker us dollar last night in the united states of america the dow jones was down 1.44 percent the s p down one and two thirds the nasdaq down one and two thirds uh, this morning in the far east Tokyo down nearly half a percent, Shanghai up nearly half a percent, Hang Seng flat and the all share in Australia down 0.6%. The gold price clinging on to 1900 by the skin of its teeth, 1901, that's down $11 overnight. The platinum price is down 15 to $855 an ounce. Palladium is what, please, Nick Kunza? Also hanging on to the unchanged line by its skin of its teeth, up just $1, $2,345. West Texas is $40.73 per barrel, down a quarter of a percent, down 0.2% is the Brent crude oil price price at $42.53. So nothing much uh, going on there. Okay, let's get on to the Stock Exchange News Service if we can now and have a look at the one that you were alluding to on the opening on Monday, the one to look forward to, pick and pay stores. They paid a dividend. That's the first thing that stuck out for me. Mm. 
Yeah, I just sort of quite a decent set of numbers. Look, they did they did guide recently. So um, they did set in a recent trading update that expected hips to be between 50 and 60% down. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought those numbers on, on first take, they didn't seem as bad as expected. Um, you know, we've, there's been two retail sort of, I guess, the retail shares to walk watch that has been shop right checkers and that's been pick and pay yes. um and we'll that, just to get a sort of a gauge of the overall consumer in south africa during lockdown because those two businesses have been trading the whole way through lockdown um so i thought those numbers were a little bit better than recent guidance stocks up 3.6 percent that liked it and i think quite encouraging also with the with a number of companies on the JSC sort of at least holding back, cancelling if not holding back dividends, the fact that they are paying dividends, I think very well received, as I said, stock up 3.6%, so bucking the overall trend quite nicely today. Yes, and I think it was Pick and Pay that was the first one that caused a little bit of a stir by withholding mm. its dividend at their last set of results six months ago. If I remember yeah, right. that's right. So, you know, look, it's, it's such a difficult balancing act in this, in this COVID lockdown because we literally – I say we, as in these companies, don't know from one day to the next what is actually really going on. It's difficult to get any sort of forecast. So I think the prudent thing to do when you, when you as a business like that, is to sort of err on the cautious side. And you've seen the likes of the South African Reserve Bank and a few others telling banks to sort of keep some powder dry, so to speak. You know, don't pay dividends if you don't have to. I think it was quite prudent of pick and pay to do it. But um, yeah, it looks like I mean, their business is ticking along quite nicely. I don't think it's on a par with what we're seeing with home deliveries and the like that, that ShopRite Checkers has been so successful at. But nevertheless, I think they're sort of still maintaining their market share, uh, encouraging set of results. And certainly the South African consumer, even though it's had a tough time, is certainly still spending money and still, and still needing to buy food to eat. And we're seeing that. And the, and the results, uh, as I said, dividend, really impressive and nice to see paying again. It says here the group successfully pursued two primary goals over the period, feeding the nation in a safe and reliable way as an essential provider of food and groceries and delivering on a long-term... marketing talk. Exactly. Yeah. I'd love to get paid to do that. <laughs> really, gosh, I could do that standing on my head. And delivering on our long-term plan to build a leaner, more agile and more modern business attuned to the needs of our customers. This is the important stuff. For core retail sales, including food, groceries and general merchandise, but excluding booze, clothing and tobacco, grew 8.7% year-on-year with 9.9% growth in South Africa and this represents a 4.2% volume growth in the group's core food and grocery offer in South Africa and that bearing in mind that our inflation rate is, is hovering just above 3%. Good solid numbers given yeah. what they've been through. Agreed. I would say that those are the important numbers. I forget all the marketing gum before that but solid set of numbers and, and, and bearing in mind you know, they, they're pretty much South Africa focused. They don't, they're not like some of the shop right checkers who are north of our borders um, and in a country which is really struggling to find any sort of growth um, I thought that was quite encouraging so I think it bodes well for the next six months I'm quite keen to see their numbers and I, I think a, there's a conference call a little bit later this afternoon I'd like to see the, the sort of the rhetoric or the outlook but but overall I take this as a positive result and as you can see by the share price you know up uh, up three and a half likes it too. Yes, market doesn't like BHP Group. They came out with an operational review for the quarter ended 30th of September. It says here we continue to safely operate throughout the COVID-19 pandemic and deliver strong outcomes. Uh, all production and unit cost guidance based on um, 2020 Aussie dollar numbers remains unchanged for the 2020 financial, 2021 financial year. Uh, and it's, it's a big company. You can't possibly go through mm. it with, uh, in, in a few minutes. But um, BHP Bulletin, as a diversified miner, top of the list in the middle, where is it for you? Uh, right at the top. I think I think 
number one for me. Um, depending on how I feel on the day, maybe Anglo is a close second, but no BSU, but it's, it's one of the few businesses where, I mean, their balance sheets are on a different league. They are, they are very cash flow positive. They are, they are one of the few miners who, you know, who pay a very chunky dividend yield. I mean, you, you would never expect diversified miners to pay dividend deals of five, six percent back to shareholders. Mm. But that's exactly what BHP Billiton did. No, it's a quality, quality operation. I think if you want, if you want a diversified portfolio, Lindsay, wherever you are in the world and you want exposure to diversified miner, your first choice is BHP Billiton. The only, the only caveat I would say is, um, in the good times when the economy is growing nicely and oil is flying, uh, BHP Billiton with 18, 20% exposure to petroleum products is a very nice mix. But unfortunately, where you see, and you've been quite negative on oil, and I think, well, I say negative, but I think you're right that we're mm. probably going to trickle along the $40 level for the foreseeable future. Um, unfortunately, there's a little bit of lagger. So I think the stock might have been a little bit higher or more received if it didn't have that oil uh, price component. But yeah, as you said, it's, you take it with the good and you take it with the bad. Good. Okay, let's move on now to um, the movers on the JSC this morning. We've done the markets, we've done the uh, SENS announcements. So what stocks are catching you? You've already mentioned pick and pay. Last time we well, you well, mentioned it, 3.6% high. Where is it now? Uh, pick and pay is 3% higher. But I think let's stick with the oil theme if you want to glance your eyes at the yes, oil trees JSC. Yeah. Mm. Well, let's talk about Sassel. The only one to speak of. Go on. Mm. So Sassel currently, I'm just trying to see on my live price feed, it is currently 100 rand and 80 cents, down 4.8%. Mm. It did it did hit some stops at 100 bucks. I thought someone would try to take them out. And if you look at a five-minute tick chart, it traded 100 and dropped to 97 rand 50 in about one minute. So cleared everybody stops. out. Yeah. Yeah, clearly when I'm bounced back to about 100. But um, obviously, this is the number on everyone's eyes, the 100 Rand level, and uh, it continues to trade very weakly. Um, I don't know if, if it is because the rights issue has been leaked or someone's got a room or someone's just pure speculating. But, uh, you know, once again, price action. Let's look at our screens, everyone. I mean, when the, the oil price is effectively down a quarter percent, the Rand is actually a little bit weaker. And Sassel's down 7% at one point that tells you all you need to share in a very thin market. Yeah, something's very much weighted to the downside. Something's amiss, something's afoot, something's mm. slightly askew. Agreed. Now, um, you, you follow, you're part of various chat groups. What are people saying? Are people mm. talking their book? Or is there some genuine substance to the fact there may be a rights <clears throat> issue coming up? I think there's genuine substance. I mean, the, the management at their recent uh, update, uh, just uh, for the listeners out there and for, uh, for all of us, uh, they have got a management sort of uh, question-answer session in the first week of November. So in three weeks' time, there, there, there will be a lot more made there, and, and you, you get to ask questions on the call, so we'll be dialing in for that. But in, in before that happens, the general feedback is, I think, you know, if you're given what management said recently, and, and we've spoken on this on your show, management do not envisage a rights issue anytime soon. But the general impression is the, the investment banks that fund funded Lake Charles and are underwriting all their bonds are insisting on a rights issue. So somewhere between the two is the truth. Uh, and I think the, the market is clearly erring on the side that if this oil price stays at current levels, um, the RAND does what it's doing and Sassel's share price stays under 100 bucks and starts grinding lower, I mean, I think the likelihood of a of a rights issue is, is definitely higher. And, um, and of course, as hedge funds, Lindsay, they, they play this game. You know, if you can short the share 
uh, and drill the stock down, you almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. The lower the share price goes, the more likelihood of a rights issue. So you drill the share price down. And the, the idea is that you cover your short and you take up the rights. Yeah. Uh, we saw the hedges got burnt last time around. So when the stock was drilled all the way down to the low 20s, the feeling was they would sell the share down and then they would cover their short and take up the rights. And of course, the company didn't do a rights issue. So they all scrambled to cover and the stock went from 25 bucks to 180 in two months. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to do the same this time around. But there's certainly there is that feel about it that they're going to try to do it for a second time. So it's a, it's but a, clearly in a thin market as well, it's, you know, it's easy to do it. You know? It's a straight fight between the bankers and the board. The board says no rights issue unless they're unless they're just it's mm. a smokescreen. Uh, but the bankers behind the scenes saying mm. you have to have Look, a rights all, issue. Exactly right, Lindsay. And it can all change very quickly. So that we know they need to raise between four and five billion dollars. So they've raised just over two with the sale of that twenty five percent of the entire part of the Lake Charles project, not just the chemical side. Mm. So they need to come out. Look, if they come out with some more sales and more positive news in the next few weeks and they sell another two to three billion worth of assets, then then there's, there's highly unlikely they'll need to do a rights issue. On the, on the solution but you know then again you know it's not I mean who wants to buy an oil asset in the current environment that's not the easiest sell no, it's, it's, it's long, long term mm. it's a buggy whip company unless it reinvents itself okay mm-hmm. let's have a look at my top five major moves with my 15 minute delayed dis- uh, screen Tiger Brands up nearly 5% where did that come from Textainer up 3.9% I'll tell you where it came from we're jumping quickly mm-hmm. uh, out of nowhere this morning JP Morgan uh, it's, it's quite you very rarely get broker upgrades on JSE because it's not one of those like go to exchanges at the moment but uh, broker upgrade this morning jp morgan coming out with I'm look at my notes now they had an upgrade from underweight to overweight tiger brands oh, that's a big jump um, sorry not jp morgan morgan stanley okay. from yeah oh, from overweight to from over, from underweight to overweight morgan stanley target price of 235 235 mm. rand mm. and i must tell you the consensus estimate on my expensive little machine here is 125 so that's a huge upgrade. So that's Tiger Brands. Yeah, I wonder if JP Morgan upgrade of Sappy yesterday got Morgan Stanley thinking, saying we better get on the on the screens and on the opening with Nick Kunzer because uh, yeah. Yeah, we've gone from Sappy to Tiger Brands. <laughs> JP Morgan versus Morgan Stanley. Okay, Textania mm. up nearly four percent. Clicks up three and two thirds. Pick and Pay up three point four percent. And Richemont a two percent winner on the downside. Sassel already spoken about four point two percent down on my screen, but I'm delayed. Um, Capital and Counties down nearly 4%, DRD Gold down nearly 4%, and three and three quarters percent down for Sabanye Still Water. This afternoon, what are we looking forward to? Anything in the States? Anything here? Uh, yes, actually, it is. On the, on the sort of economic data, there's not a great deal. I think locally, we've got, um, we've got some Reserve Bank business cycle indicator later, but it's not really a market mover. Mm. Big one for me is Netflix. Uh, one of those sort of COVID lockdown shares that have driven us higher um, over the last six months has clearly been part of the fangs that have driven us higher. So they're out with uh, earnings probably about one o'clock South Africa time. So that's going to be a biggie for me. Good. Uh, Nick, give us the indices after almost one and a quarter hours of trading, please. All right. So after one and a quarter hours of trading, we have the JSC All Share. That is down 176 points, a bit of a soggy day, down 0.32%. Uh, we have the top 40, that is down 0.38 of a percent, uh, 193 points, 50,548. Uh, a bit of a mixed bag. We have leading us higher consumer cyclicals. That'll be your pick and pay, uh, up 1.39% that index. Industrials also having a bit of a bounce, 1.67% firmer. Uh, and technology shares up 
by 0.13%. On the downside after yesterday's big bounce, financials are, are giving a little bit back, 0.64% weaker. Energy, 0.82, that'll be Sassel. Uh, healthcare is 1% weaker. And basic materials also down by 1.47%. Nick Kunzer is from Sunland Private Wealth, and we'll be back with me and David Shapiro later on for the 5 o'clock shadow. Meanwhile, that was the opening. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.